Hello. Welcome. You're listening to Chin Chin, a brand new podcast where we talk about all things life, love, and everything in between that's worth raising a glass and toasting to. We're your hosts, Matt and Sophie, and each episode, we'd love you to join us for a drink as we catch up and share a few laughs, because after all, this is happy hour. This week, we're talking narcissists, red flags, and sociopaths. We've all met one, heard a horror story, or been unsure if it's time to run in the opposite direction. Whether you've had to distance yourself from a manipulative friend, had a boss with a god complex, or started noticing that your latest squeeze is a bit of a bunny boiler, we've got you covered. Grab a bread and let's chat. Chin chin! Hello, hello, hello. How are we? So good. I feel like tonight is so windy and freezing outside, so I, I got us a sneaky red for tonight. We're a bit obsessed with the reds, aren't we? Well, we haven't done one in a while, so I thought we'd try this one out. Um, I don't know if you've had it before, but it's called Take It to the Grave, and I thought it was very appropriate seeing as we're going to be talking about some sociopaths and narcissists, and I feel like secrets. Uh-huh. And having secret lives is very relevant. And I feel like that's what this bottle encompasses, which is pretty exciting. There you go. What do you think of it? Do you like it? I actually really like it. I love red so much. Red's my favorite wine. So it's a bit of a good good pairing. Uh, but I've cooked fish tonight. So it's not the traditional kind of fish pairing, is it? No, I usually have a white with a fish. But I yeah. feel like we can get away with it tonight. And, and honestly, like... I don't usually drink red wine mm-hmm. in front of just anybody. It's like a really how you know you're in my inner circle because I get those really intense vampire lips. Me too. I get vampire teeth. That's what happens. Yes. I feel like it's like, um, what's Edward Cullen? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Twilight. Just have a little nibble on Bella's neck. Jesus. That is me. As soon as I have a vino, it's just literally, it's not a great look. It's not a great look. But, but luckily, it's just me and you, so we can get away with it. And we can take it to the grave, baby. That's true. It's good wine. I really like it. So this one's a Shiraz. Um, it's actually really nice. I really like it. It's super affordable, and the bottle is beautiful. It's got the most stunning artwork which I super appreciate. Um, so they do like a few different bottles. They have some other reds as well. And then they've also got some um, whites as well. So oh, yeah. definitely worth trying the full range. I feel like we should would definitely revisit this brand again. Um, you just yeah. love finding the pretty bottles. You're the same as me. You walk I into the bottle shop I and think, do. which one's the prettiest? And then you buy that. I do choose by labels. Often if I haven't heard a brand before, I'll be like, ooh, this one's nice. I'm but a little that's bit like that. like the little graphic designer art director in me is just mm. like gravitates towards something really pretty. Yeah, no, that's fair. So what's been happening in your week anyway? Tell me all about it. I've had such a busy week. Considering I haven't seen you for just over a week, I've done so much. I've been up to Cairns. I went on holiday with mum because... It looks so beautiful. Yeah, I know. It was so nice. It was so nice to go to the beach and go somewhere warm and sunny and just kind of escape Brisbane for a few days. But yeah, went up to uh, Great Barrier Reef, stayed with uh, my mum's old school friend, um, went to some nice restaurants, uh, went to an island, which was interesting you know I've been up there before so I've been up to Whit Sundays before so it was good it was just nice to get away and have a bit of a break but it's nice to have that time one-on-one with some of your family too you know mm. like it's like 
when you actually get to take that time out and you're actively spending time together as a choice, I think that's really beautiful. Well, you know me with quality time, so it's, it's a big one. So <laughs> throw back to love languages, baby. <laughs> yeah, so no, it was a good week. I had lots of fun and then, yeah, kind of came back, did all my boring life admin and then get to see you today, so... Well, we actually caught up the other night at the party. Oh, and we like did. The yeah, that's craziest right. craziest <laughs> thing, like, literally I couldn't believe it happened. Um, so uh, just to give context... Um, Matt's really good friend and roommate had his birthday. And so we were at the apartment where we were recording the podcast and, um, I was writing solo. My partner wasn't coming with me. And so I was like excited to catch up, um, with you both. And I remember when I walked in, there was so many people here already. Cause I was classic mate running slightly late, never on time. Um, and I walked in and there was just like it was so luxe, like fully catered, bloody beautiful big bottles of jams everywhere and gin bars and we dry had quite ice. a bit of gin, yeah. Dry ice, like pooling over everywhere. It was very ritzy. Um, and I remember I walked in and I saw you and I was coming over to say hello, and then just my eye, I felt like my eyes went different directions. Like one was on you and then one of my eyes just kind of went to the side and I was like, oh my God. Before you even had a drink. That? And I realized it was the gym guy. The guy that I had spoken about at the gym. Yeah, your gym bestie. Was here. And I, I looked at him, I thought, is that him? No, that can't be him. Is that him? <laughs> just kind of beelined in and I was, remember I came over to you and I said oh my god my gym guy's here that I spoke about on the podcast twice and we only have four episodes so it was like half the time on the podcast been speaking about this guy that I met you're the obsessed gym. with him I know I honestly seemed like a massive stalker and then I said to you I'm pretty sure that's him and you're like oh who Luke and I remember I said, yes, yeah, yeah. that's him, because that's what the trainer said. He called his name mm-hmm. out once when I was once, because I've only seen him twice before. You've only been to the gym twice. Come on. <laughs> I, the truth comes oh out. Oh, my God. But he was so lovely, and I was actually so – it was one of those weird moments, hey, where you feel like it was almost too coincidental. It's mm. like I had put this thing out to the universe. I'd spoken about this guy here and how lovely he was. Yeah. And, you know, when we're talking about making friends as an adult and all this stuff, and then literally so bizarre that he not only knows you, but was here at this party that I happened to be with. He was in my living room. I literally got to know him, and he's so beautiful, such a beautiful person. Now I've actually spoken to him properly. He's, like, a very deep thinker, and we had a really great conversation. So that was, like, so bizarre but very cool. So I feel like that was a really cool thing that happened this week. There you go. You finally got to be friends with Jim Bestie. I know. I made I made a friend, guys. Um, but it was a bit of a change of pace for me that was, like, quite a highlight mm. on a week that had not been so great. So last what time happened? that we spoke, um, I had just gone back to work full time. Yeah. I had a full uh, two weeks of joyful, blissful enjoyment of working and being like feeling financially secure. Yeah. And I have since been stood back down, unfortunately, oh, no. like with everything being so unstable in the tourism industry, it's just kind of like... It's just one of those things. And so I feel like last time we were here, we were celebrating with like sparkling and getting all like excited and life was good. Yeah. But this week it's, you know, kind of, it's more of a red week. Yeah. But I feel like it's a good opportunity for self reinvention. And I think that this is like, you have to still be positive and know that a lot of people going through the same thing. So not to kind of let it get 
get you down in your mental health space and like really kind of focus on opportunities that are going to come your way and like you know using your time wisely if you are stood down and trying to be positive about what you're going to do with your time yeah and part of that time is spent with you so that always makes me feel good god bless and recognizing all the good things so we did have a fun night on saturday and you became a little bit of a bartender so maybe you could do that in your spare time now <laughs> sophie literally walked into my apartment and decided she was going to make cocktails and instead of mixing gin with mixers she mixed gin with gin so i had a four gin <laughs> cocktail which was lovely well i was having too much of a good time by that stage you i were. feel i feel like i was on a roll yeah. but um that was also probably right before i picked up dry ice by accident thinking it was real <laughs> ice and very grateful to still have skin on my hand i remember i put it into um a Mitch's cup and it just literally billowing out the side like yeah and I honestly I'm very grateful that I didn't accidentally eat any like as I it was could have ended it, very badly hey you did well, try and do I'm the splits he, as well yes you were you were having a great time you started a dance floor in my living room so you were having fun well it's because he was doing the splits and he said that he was going to be a pop star and mm. I was like I could be a pop star <laughs> I could also do the splits. Anything's possible. You just have to believe in yourself. Exactly. It was one of those nights. But I feel like, um, you know, we're talking about something that is quite crazy. Probably something that I thought I could do, which was doing the splits. You know, it's a bit narcissistic of me thinking that I could, you know, do it all. But, um, yeah, so this week we're talking about narcissists and sociopaths. And, you know, I guess our relationship with them, spotting them and also knowing when to run in the other direction yeah, picking so. up some red flags i guess hey 100 percent red flags and red wine let's cheers to that chin 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 Today we're going to be talking about narcissists, sociopaths, and spotting red flags, um, and seeing the signs of unhealthy relationships as they come up. Um, I guess it's important to remember that Soph and I aren't psychologists, but this is just kind of our personal experience and what we've been through in the past as well. I would like to put on that note that many people have told me I should be a psychologist. So even though I do not have the paperwork, I feel like I'm born naturally to do this, babe. I did a psychology minor in uni, so I feel like, yeah, I did four subjects. You're more qualified than me. Yeah, I'm basically qualified. Somebody on a degree once say, you should do this for a living. You know what you're doing. Be a full-time juror. Yeah. (laughs) Stop it, take (laughs) I could do this. Yeah. Paid by the government, mate. Oh, jeez. But yeah, Make we thought choices. we thought it would be an interesting topic to talk about because I guess red flags come up in lots of different relationships. So it could be with your friends, could be with a partner, could be with work colleagues, or just you know general people that you kind of come across throughout your journey in life. Um, but I feel like I feel like being a narcissist or sociopath is like one of those things that. I feel like it gets tossed around a lot. Like, mm-hmm. people go, oh, that person's a bit of a sociopath. That person's yeah. a bit of a narcissist. But when you actually meet a narcissist or somebody ha- who has the qualities of somebody who's a narcissist or somebody who's a sociopath, yeah, it can be pretty brutal. Like, when you come into contact with some of the things that they may do or say or when you realize in hindsight that those kind of traits were there bubbling under the surface but then they just kind of erupt one day or in a circumstance it can kind of catch you off guard a little bit yeah and i think you sometimes meet these people that have this weird kind of god complex 
Yeah. And they kind of lack regard for other people and they have these weird antisocial tendencies. So, yeah, it's one of those things like you definitely do pick up on it, you know. I feel like so for the context of this, we should probably like actually explain what a narcissist is in its complete definition because – you know, it's something that does get thrown around a lot. And I think sometimes everybody knows the essence of it, but yeah. they don't actually know what constitutes like somebody who falls into that definition by the professionals, which are not us, even though we would dream to be. Um, but basically like a narcissist has an exaggerated sense of self-importance. So somebody who is not just kind of like in the normal everyday context of you know, they've kind of earned some kind of level of self-importance, but it, it's like inflated for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that narcissists tend to have is a sense of entitlement um, and they basically require excessive admiration. So it's somebody who just constantly needs praise and is just looking for that like excessive amount of just um, – basically like ego inflation really they just need to be have that ego like stroked constantly to the point of you know where it's just takes away from other more important factors in their life Mm -hmm. um and then we've also got uh signs of a narcissist is expected to recognize um as superior even without achievement that warrants it so similar to what we're talking about before Mm -hmm. like without really earning that place and people that are exaggerating those achievements as well and all their talent and totally inflating it and not even just exaggerating the truth for a good story but actually just completely making it up yeah um so exaggerated talents and achievements and then also being uh preoccupied with fantasies about success power brilliance beauty um, or the perfect mate. So trying to find their other half as well. So it's like almost becomes obsessive. Mm-hmm. So those are the official traits of a narcissist. But I feel like we've all kind of met somebody who has bit, a few kind of narcissist qualities, like qualities is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is there anybody that you've met that's kind of like got a few kind of tendencies, like when you've been dating or anybody like that, that you kind of go – this is not really the person I'm connecting with or anybody in your friend circle? Probably not dating, but I think definitely in like in the friend space, there definitely has been that, but probably more of like a sociopath type personality, which is somebody that is very kind of like a little bit manipulative. They lie a lot, you know, so it's kind of that antisocial behavior and attitude towards other people and just not really having regard for other people. Um, but I actually had a really good friend and I'll emphasize the word had, um, Mm. and we've been friends since uni. So probably like a good six or seven years we've been friends for, and I hadn't seen him in quite a long time because I moved to live in Melbourne Uh, back a couple of years ago and sort of we lost touch for you know one reason or another as you do sometimes you drift apart from people 100% and we caught up a few weeks ago um, to catch up and we were having drinks at my apartment and I hadn't actually seen him for about three months and the last time I'd seen him we were over having dinner at my place having like pizza and wine whatever and I had lost a piece of jewelry I'd bought a ring when I moved into my apartment um back in April and I remember the night that he'd come over and I'd lost this ring and I thought oh, I'm one of those people I always know where everything is so yes. I'm a little bit pedantic super organized super organized and I'd kind of misplaced this ring and I thought this is so strange I never lose anything and I kind of thought about it for a couple of weeks and I got to the point where I thought I'm just going to buy a new ring because it's not worth me stressing about it not worth overthinking about it and then I hadn't caught up 
So you felt that you hadn't lost it? I felt like I hadn't lost it, no. Because with me, I my apartment's not that big, so I searched everywhere numerous times. In all the nooks and crannies. In all the nooks and crannies, everywhere in my room, all that sort of stuff. And I kind of just thought, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm just, like, losing the plod a little bit. Um, Did you say plod? Plot. I'm losing the plot. No. <laughs> yes, uh, but that's the worst feeling. That's the worst feeling. Honestly. So I just kind of drew a line under it and I thought, you know what, Matt, that's fine. Sometimes these things happen. I just bought another ring. Um, and then I hadn't seen this um, guy for about three months and he came to my house and we were having drinks. And after about three hours of drinking, he said to me, he's like, oh, Matt, I actually have a confession. Oh, God. And I said, okay, go ahead. And he said... You know that night I came to visit your house a few months ago, I actually stole your ring. Why? And I kind of looked at him and I thought... Because you would have felt like if you knew you didn't lose it, you'd be feeling like you're going crazy. Because I know that when I'm like put something there, I'm like, someone's definitely, someone's moved this. And it's just that sense of then you start to question yourself. Like, did I really put it there or did I leave it in the car or whatever? Like you start to really like kind of question your whole habits and your memory. I'd gone through the whole process and I kind of looked at him and I was like, I was really confused. And I was like, this is so weird. Like you're my friend, you've come into my house, you've taken something and now you want to have a conversation about it. And at first I was really angry. And then I thought, obviously there's a reason behind this and I need to listen to why he's done this. And we sort of had this conversation and I sat and just listened to what he had to say. And he's like, Oh, I felt really rejected. I felt like we'd kind of drifted apart and so, but that doesn't make any sense to me. So if this person is feeling like that, I don't understand why they didn't then like either have a, a conversation with you or B, do something that's kind of more a direct response to that. Like taking something seems really like it doesn't align. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Well, he said to me that the reason he took it was because he wanted to teach me a lesson and he wanted to have a conversation with me and he thought that this was the only way that he could do it. And I said to him, I said, you're a 27 year old man. Is this by like kind of making a big, big scene about it? Oh, big scene about it. Yeah. And it was all this kind of hurrah about like your life's so easy. Like your parents are still together. All of this stuff where it was kind of like reflecting away from the fact that he'd done something wrong and saying to me, actually like, I feel hurt by us not being friends for a few years. Um, I didn't know how to have this conversation. So instead I took something from you to make you feel bad. And I just sort of thought, what is the rationale behind this? Because I was so confused. I was like, we've been friends for a long time. You know my life, you know what's going on. And I understand if you were upset, but we could have had an adult conversation about this. I remember the first time you spoke to me about this, because this isn't the first time I heard this story. And it, it, I felt very angry and very defensive of you because it feels like something that is such like a big response to something that actually could have just been like actually a really beautiful olive branch moment. And so exactly. I'm like, hey, look, we've drifted away. Like, I really feel like we don't, we're not really making enough time for each other. You're a really put, important person in my life. Like, mm. I really want to reconnect with you. Instead, it seems like, and, and you know, you kind of go, what's going on in their head? But it, as your friend, it made me feel very protective of you because yeah. it made me kind of go, well, instead of just having that kind of appropriate conversation, it's like turned it into this weird scenario where it feels quite like, I, I don't know, 
if you felt this way, but for me, if somebody did that, I would feel so invaded, like invaded privacy. There would be a huge breach of trust, like betrayal. I did, yeah, and I did feel that. Someone's coming to your house. I did feel like that. Stolen from you. Yeah, and I think with me initially, I felt very angry and very just confused about why he'd done it, but. In the back of my head, I knew that obviously it was a conversation that he needed to have. So mm. I kind of listened to everything that he had so to say. So you facilitated that. Yeah, that's I facilitated that because. Shows that you're quite like definitely take the high road, Matt. I think that's a really nice thing, like that you actually allowed him to have his side of the story heard because a lot of people wouldn't do that, you know, yeah. after something like that, which is pretty major. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Initially, I was just like, get out of my apartment. I don't want anything to do with you and I don't want to speak to you. But at the same time, I was like, obviously, this is a conversation where we need to close this gap because you feel like I've done something wrong, whereas actually this is a situation where you've been completely out of line. You've actually stolen something from me. You've made me question my whole, you know, judge of character on you as a person. Mm, And it was just, it was a very strange scenario where I listened to him. I explained all these things. He asked me about why we weren't friends for a couple of years. And then I just got to the point where he was kind of saying, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And it was almost like (laughs) deflecting from him being a bad person or him doing the wrong thing. So instead of owning it. Yeah, instead of owning it, it was like, actually this is your own fault for this happening. And I just kind of said to him, I was like, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I don't even want the ring back because that's, you know, it's not even the point. But I said to him, I said, instead, I want you to donate how much it costs for the new ring to a charity. And I want you to do this because that's going to mean more to me than you giving me the ring back because it's completely past now. It's three months later. Do you feel it was tainted too? Like it was that, tainted, that yeah. It was tainted. Then you'd look at it and kind of be like, oh, this is a weird situation that's happened. Exactly. Like every time you look at it. But it, it was a memory. very weird situation because it was like this weird antisocial behavior where you've done the wrong thing. You're trying to manipulate me into thinking that I've done the wrong thing when you've actually come into my home as Mm. my friend and stolen from me and put me in a really weird, vulnerable position. So I was just like, that's such a narcissistic, horrible thing to do or more of like a sociopathic thing to do, I guess. But see, like you see sociopaths in movies and stuff, and they seem really interesting and like great characters for the plot. Like, but that's what you know, I mean. And the thing Psycho is, and you're like, great character, I love this guy, yeah, Patrick. But that's Bateman, what I mean. Like, this guy, we had such a great connection, we were great. such good friends, and super charismatic. And you would never, ever, ever have picked him to do something like this. But obviously, he has things going on in his life or things that you know led him to do that. But I just said, look, I've listened to what you said, I've explained what's happened. This is how you can rectify it with me, but we can no longer be friends because for me, that isn't a healthy relationship. That's not how you act as an adult, as a 27-year-old man, and as a lawyer. I was oh just God. like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're lawyer. messed up. So red flag, get out my apartment. I'm never going to see you again. I still listened and took the high road, but goodbye. Oh, God. What would you do now if he came to you with an olive branch, if he was like... Like, cause he was obviously like at that point, he's, he had obviously orchestrated it to come back so that you had to have that conversation. Like it was set up to be that way. Yeah. Now, if he just say, for instance, was to listen to this or like, and he reached back out to you, how would you feel about that? Um, I think it's, it's one of those things that's just a little bit pointless now. It's um, kind of too, you can't It's too far gone. It. And yeah. I think I've moved on from it. I've, you know, obviously worked through it and we're not friends anymore, but it is what it is. It's a really shitty thing to do, but yeah, I don't really have anything to say to people that act like that. People that only care about themselves and only want to be validated in thinking that doing the wrong thing is the right thing. 
Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, hey, because it's like I actually reached out to somebody who was quite a good friend of mine more recently and like offered a little bit of an olive branch. We kind of drifted after, um, you know, some pretty major things happened in my life and they were there for that. Um, but then after that, I just didn't really hear from them. And I kind of felt like I needed them to check in on me a little bit more than maybe what came to fruition. And so we ended up catching up about like a year or so later. And we, it was a really weird, I actually left it. I just remember, um, driving home and just crying in the car, which is like, you know, I feel like the best thing in a car ride is having a good cry. Sometimes when you're driving by yourself, a good cry is always the best. Oh, you need that release. But I remember like, um, it was just a really weird interaction because it was almost like none of these major things had happened to me. Mm. And it was almost like, like a build up. you know, when sometimes you catch up with a friend and you just kind of pick up where you left off, Yeah. but it was kind of like we picked up where we left off, but like also there was like this big elephant in the room of like, there was no real acknowledgement properly of this stuff that I had kind of gone through. And it was a bit of a check-in like, Oh, how are you going? Like it almost like felt like the question was asked that obligation but maybe not really I felt because the actions that had taken place during that year weren't really like present and I really felt like I wasn't checked in on enough and maybe I needed to communicate that a bit more but anyway it was this weird interaction we had and then after that like we had made another set of plans and they're they're living elsewhere now so like our lives had kind of started to already separate a little bit in that regard um but it was weird like I reached out to them the other day and really thought, okay, maybe it's time to just like bury the hatch and like move past this. Maybe I was expecting too much or hadn't communicated my needs. Um, you know, and I don't necessarily think this person's like a narcissist or a sociopath, but it's just interesting that we're talking about that before, like with the olive branch thing. But, you know, I kind of got this big dismissive vibe. It was just like one word responses, really like not engaging, like basically like I got a big fuck off vibe. And it was interesting because I felt that I had been wronged. But then you kind of think, has this person thought that they've been wronged or is there something more at play here? Yeah. It's just one of those weird kind of things where you're like, are we looking at this from two completely we're obviously looking at this from two completely and different And sometimes that happens as well. I think when you don't communicate or when there's been a miscommunication between two people or two friends, it can be really difficult because, like you said, you're looking at things completely differently and the way they're viewing it is going to be completely different to what you're thinking. Yeah, and so, like, at what point do you walk away? You know, like, for me, like, I personally, I don't really have a lot of friends that I have being like okay this is the end of our friendship like yeah a lot of my friends i've drifted from but it's like i would be able to message and be like hey how are you going like let's catch up we're in the same city or something like reconnect so this was like a bit of a new experience for me to okay. be so brutally like just shut down and yeah. like one like one word responses and just it just felt really hurtful and it made me kind of go like what is going on here is this something that i have done to you or is my friendship more of a convenience before or is this something like are you just not really interested or is it like is it you know what is this so I think sometimes it, it's good to sort of evaluate your friendships or evaluate the people around you because sometimes there are those red flags that pop up and mm. if you've got friends that are around you that are you know manipulating you or not giving you back 
you know, the same amount that you're giving them, yeah, it can be really difficult. And sometimes you do need to know when to call it because it can be really unhealthy to be around people that do the wrong thing. Yeah. Like really unhealthy. And I think with me... How does that make you feel when all this stuff happened to you? Because that I feel like is definitely more a sign of, not that like obviously we're qualified to say anything about narcissism or, you know, people diagnosing people basically, (laughs) but it's like obviously that's quite an unusual thing to do that does seem very disconnected with what's expected. So what would you, how did that make you feel when this person did that? Uh, I think it made me really confused and just a little bit, it made me upset because it made me question my judgment. Mm. And usually with my friends, I'm a pretty good judge of character. I give everyone a very, very fair chance. And if you're good to me, I'll be good to you. And because I never really had an experience in the past with this person that made me question how I felt about them or, you know, question my friendship. It was just a bit of a shock and a bit of just a bit, it was just very odd because yeah. And it was just thinking actually that's so wrong on so many levels. And you've put me in a situation where I'm uncomfortable and I'm questioning all these things about, you know, my headspace And that's really bad. And if friends are making you do that, if people are making you overthink and question yourself and are manipulating you to think you're the wrong person in the situation, that's wrong. And it made me feel awful. Yeah, well, I literally regretted instantly messaging this person because I just felt like shit after I spoke to them. I was like, well, that was great. Like, I've never, like, I literally felt like I just heard the little twig snap, like... Yeah. It was like, goodbye, Olive Branch. Like, basically, this person was like, give me that. I don't want anything to do with you guys, which is a bit of a shame because we did have a really beautiful friendship. And it's obviously just like time to move on for whatever reason. Like, I don't think we'll both see eye to eye on that one, but it yeah. is what it is. So, what do you do? You know, it's just been fucking a hell of a ride this week. Yeah. It's like, but anyway. But that's fine. Sometimes you just have to walk away. And, you know, as long as you're recognizing what's healthy, what's not healthy, that's, that's a really big thing. I feel like it's also important to like recognize the moments that we have within ourselves that are a bit off balance. Like I know I've definitely done some crazy shit that I look back on now and I go, oh, so cringeworthy, mm. you know, like I remember like uh, ages ago, I was um, kind of like on and off again with this guy and we were, um, I was wasted. I was actually at a Christmas party. <laughs> so just to set the context of how wasted I was. Yeah. And it was, um, I remember we were messaging and things had kind of ended and then he stopped replying to my messages and I was like, needed closure. <laughs> and We never get the closure the that we want. The fact is, closure is a myth. You will never get closure. And I know that now that I'm older, wiser, and I just feel like a little bit more like maybe stable is the word because I feel like when you're young and drunk, you're just like more um, erratic. You make very rash decisions. I think oh that's my what God. happens. Especially me because I'm just such a deep feeler. So like, I'm just like, this is a great idea. And you know, off I go. But there was like, um, I remember that we literally, um, I was at this Christmas party and then he stopped replying to my text messages. And I was like, right, I need to have a conversation. Like we need to actually talk this out. And so I jumped in a cab I was like talking to all these new work people I just kind of met. I was quite new working there. Jumped in a cab, went to his place and was like, oh, the door's locked. I was like, I'll go around the back because that's how I always walk in. Went around the back, went through the back lounge room and then just had this real panic moment because like he was sitting there and he was playing games with his roommate. And I just went, what am I doing? 
you've broken into this guy's house. Basically, like, but not intentionally, just super accidentally, like, literally broken into this guy's house. I was it's like, an accident, oh my I promise. God, nightmare. And I just had this panic moment when I was standing there watching him play games. I just thought, oh, fuck, this is a really bad idea. He didn't reply to me because he just wouldn't talk to me now standing in his fucking house. <laughs> and so I just, I panicked and I just, like, was like, I'll just go into his room and I'll just wait so it's, like, not awkward. So, like, with his roommate there and, like, then we had this awkward conversation. So, like, oh, I'll just wait in this room. Anyway, I was there, like, waiting and I kind of forgot that it was weird that I was there because I had spent so much time there before. <laughs> anyway. Just hanging out in this guy's room. Yeah. And, oh, God, I so wish that I could take it back. I can't believe I'm actually telling this story on the podcast. Everyone's going to get a restraining order against me now. Sam will definitely be like, see, are you weirdo? It's time to call the police on this one. <laughs> um, but, anyway, I remember him opening the door and being, like, definitely shocked. And I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't tell him I was coming. <laughs> this is really not cool. I've basically broken into your house. And honestly, if somebody did that to me, I would call the police. What like, did he do? Uh, he was really actually in hindsight quite good about it. He was like, oh, uh, what are you doing here? Like really actually handled it really well now that I think about it now because – at the time, I was like, well, that's rude. Obviously, I'm here to talk about you, to talk to you about this message you didn't write back to me. Now I realize I'm a sociopath. Like, uh-huh. this is not okay. Or narcissist. Who knows? I could be a narcissist thinking I'm, like, the leading lady of my own film. Um, but anyway, he was actually really good. We had, like, a bit of conversation, got to the bottom of a few, like, problems, and then he was like, you need to go. And I was definitely, like, very much past the pale. And so... <laughs> I do feel like he could have called me a cab. Instead, I feel like he should have, like, walked me out, called me a cab and, like, made sure I got home okay and, and, and said it was a bit more like, all right, out you go, see you later. Like You also out. did break into his I house. Was out, put out with the cat. <laughs> yes, I did break into his house. So, you know, I guess you wouldn't show, like, a, a general burglar that much respect. But we had a lot of history and it was just, like, a really – do you know what? You laugh, Matt, but it was a, it was a really sad – No, I know. I get it. it. I'm just laughing, thinking about him getting a burglar, oh an Uber God. home. <laughs> He's like, well, that's a whole nother story. He actually did offer a beer to somebody who was robbing him one time because he didn't realize he was being robbed. <laughs> oh, story for another time. Um, but anyway, I didn't get a beer. That's upsetting. Yeah, not that I needed one, but he put me out and I like headed home and it was really awkward. We've seen each other a few times since then and like kind of a bit of water under the bridge. But I think it's important to recognize those moments that you've done really cringy things yourself or you've totally like way overstep boundaries and yeah. I've definitely done it many times and I feel like all those things kind of create foundations for you to realize um you know that a everybody's human but be like also knowing like qualities of people like when things are genuinely just like somebody's really like sad and lost the plot like I was I was mm. just really wanting that closure it's quite naive and silly but it was also something that was like not malicious. It was like, it was sad really. Like when I look back at that, I just want to like give my drunk young self a hug and be like, put me back into bed and be like, it's going to be okay. You'll meet somebody that's the right person for you. And then meeting somebody who, who intentionally sets stuff up to be manipulative or to have conversations that are like for them to have this big hurrah moment, like what happened to you, which was obviously orchestrated. It was planned. It was thought through. It wasn't just an impulsive thing. That was a little bit like, you know, 
feeling things too intensely and deeply and doing silly, like making silly choices. Yeah. I feel like there is a difference. I think a hundred percent, I think you're right with what you're saying. And you do learn things from your younger self and you learn that, like you said, we're all human. We all go through these experiences where we make silly decisions or, you know, we act out in these certain ways, but it definitely is a lesson that you learn. And it's important to allow space, I guess, to recognize when we've got unhealthy behaviors as well and acknowledge that and do something about it. Whereas with people like my old friend, he was doing something that was actually really wrong and something that was... Do you think he recognized that after you I don't think that conversation? So. I really okay. don't think so. And that was the problem because I think if we would have walked away from the situation and he would have learned something from it, I'd be like, okay, it is what it is. We're still going to move in separate ways, but I don't but think he learned anything from it. have a little bit of forgiveness and being like, oh, you were just like, didn't, you were kind of like caught up in the moment. Like I was in that situation yeah. where it was just like, oh, that's sad for you. You're like, obviously like desperate to make this work or whatever. Like, yeah. whereas like, I guess for you, that wasn't coming across. Like there was no kind of realization of that moment that that was not the right thing to do. Yeah. He still thought he was in the right. And that was the problem because it's not the right thing to do in whatever way you look at it. It's a weird situation. Hey, like when you both think you're right or you both think you've been wronged by the other person, like where do you go from there? Yeah, I think it's it's also like the idea of like healthy narcissism as well, which is a concept that we were talking about, me and you, earlier. And sometimes you look at it in a positive way where you can sort of look at like having self-confidence or sort of... Well, that's what I thought I was yeah. doing when I walked in. I was like, I'm going to get closure. I'm an independent woman. Yeah. He's going to take me back and be like, what a catch. Look at this babe in my room. And instead he was like, call the police. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So it's like when you're not doing things in like a kind of healthy way and you're not kind of you're not showing self-love you're not caring about other people it's very very selfish and you're just in a bubble where you constantly think you're right you constantly need validation for the things that you're doing and you have absolutely no regard for other people so for that guy he didn't care about how i felt he didn't care about the fact that he was stealing from somebody that was his friend and he also didn't think that that he'd done the wrong thing. So it was this whole weird warped web. And I just thought, you know what? I feel sorry for you more than anything. And I'm going to move on from it because I don't want it to impact the rest of my life. But I thought it's an important story to share because people do need to recognize those really unhealthy behaviors. Yeah. So true. I feel like, I feel like being like, um, what did you say? What was the word? Like a positive narcissist? Um, the concept is healthy narcissism. So it's oh, like people that will kind of like have their self-confidence. They'll kind of, you know, look at things in like the self-love kind like of way. I feel like healthy narcissist is somebody who kind of almost becomes like a little bit of like an entrepreneur, CEO, somebody who's very kind of like they believe genuinely that their idea is amazing. They back themselves. Like mm. it's in a healthy, balanced way. And yeah, I you think have that's the confidence, the but you still care about other Not people. Stomping on other humans in the meantime or, you know, like making not great decisions like I did or, you know, something like that where it's a little bit like questionable or just like not well thought through kind of intentions. That seems like actually like a really positive thing to do. Yeah. And I feel like we should all kind of like try and adopt that kind of like back yourself mentality. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, in important, the right to have, it's important to have self-love and it's important to be confident and, you know, but also recognize that you have to care about other people mm. as well. And it's not all about you. Oh, hundred percent. And it's even like that. You like meet people in conversation like day to day where you'll be talking to people and, and even like 
in conversations, you kind of get like a little bit of that sense of when people aren't actually having a conversation with you, they're not really listening. They're not really engaging. They're too busy thinking about what they're going to say about themselves next. Mm. And I think that that's, we're talking about red flags before, but that's kind of like a, almost like a little bit of like a sneak peek into somebody who is really not about harboring positive relationships, but it is more so about self-promotion yeah, and self-serving like, relationships yeah, as well. Self-serving relationships for tr- like f- for sure. Like I feel like that is definitely, it's definitely a, a sign, sign as well. Like when you're on a date with somebody, like you said, if you are having a conversation and they're not listening to anything you're saying and it's kind of just all about them or all about what they're going to say next. And it's not actually taking on board anything to do with you. So straight away, if you're on a date like that, or you have a friend like that, that just wants to talk about everything going on in their life and not listening to you, that's a really bad sign. Yeah. Because you need people that are going to give and take and you need people that are going to be as present for you as you're present for them. 100%. I totally agree with that. I feel like have you ever kind of had other relationships or had any dates or anything where you felt that somebody was a little bit narcissistic or wasn't or or was kind of like over exaggerating truths or something like that or is this your first experience this was probably the first experience where it was really bad major experience yeah i think like day to day you have it with like in any context like in a work context you might have a boss where they have this weird God complex or they think that they're better than you. Or... You've spoken about that a few times. Yeah. So what happened? Like, is that an experience you've had? Yeah, I had a job when I first graduated from uni and I worked at this company and it was only like on a short-term contract, but I remember joining and going through the whole interview process, starting, and the first day everyone was super lovely, but by day two or three, the boss just decided she didn't like me very much. Mm. And it was this whole context of I'm in charge. I'm number one. You have to impress me. Otherwise it's a no go zone. And I just remember thinking on the end of my last week, I thought, Oh, I just get the feeling she doesn't like me. And I'm such an empath. So I could kind of feel this weird. The two little empaths on my podcast. But literally it was deeply. (laughs) It was this weird situation where I just felt really uncomfortable. I felt like other people on the team didn't like me. And I got really in my own head. Oh yeah, that's tough. But yeah, it can be difficult because people just end up just having these weird behaviors where they manipulate everybody else around you. And in a work context, that can be really hard to move forward from because especially when you're the new person, you want everybody to like you and you want everybody to kind of connection so that you can find common ground and so that you can kind of start to let people like know you and you can do well in the role, all of those type of things. But yeah, that's kind of a situation I've had with work, which was pretty horrible, but it also teaches you this massive lesson of what you want and what you expect do you know that job as well that kind of reminds me actually quite funnily um one of my really good friends is a is a videographer oh yeah and i can't oh god i i I wouldn't tell the story properly but i can't quite remember all the details but basically he had this client and i'm pretty sure this guy was kind of quite religious i don't Mm -hmm. know if that was what the video was for kind of some religious organization or something but he was doing Um, a video for this client anyway so he met him and they did the introductions and anyway this guy (laughs) got introduced introduced it (laughs) introduced he just held out his hand with this ring on it and he was like oh nice to meet you and so did the weird handshake where the guy had like a dead fish hand and he was just kind of like shaking that is the worst possible thing i hate people with limp handshakes awful but then he was like oh no um uh you should kiss the ring (laughs) 
And he was like, excuse me? (laughs) Kiss the ring. Is all he said. He had this big ring on his finger. That's so weird. (laughs) And so that would not be happening in COVID. Just slowly, like, do a little. Oh, yeah. On the ring, because this guy was like, so, like, kiss the ring, kiss the ring. Because the ring before we, <laughs> we stopped filming, my friend was like, ah, no thanks. And he insisted so many times that he ended up just being like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's really weird. How weird is that? Can you imagine like going to work and someone be like, kiss my ring and then kiss my feet <laughs> and then carry me to my office? Like, oh my gosh. Also get me a coffee. <laughs> It sounds How like some of the bosses I've had in the past. Well, that's why it made me think of it when you were talking about your goss- uh, God with... God, oh, my gosh. I can't speak. Your boss with this weird God complex. Like, yeah. this guy, I think, actually was part of, like, the church. So yeah. it was that actual genuine God complex. Yeah. But he, yeah, was so insistent that my friend just kind of had to kind of go with it because otherwise he wasn't able to do his job. He's disrespecting him. Yeah, I think it is weird, isn't it? But I think for the most part, I've been really lucky. That experience with me with having a really crappy boss led me on to another job where I ended up loving it, working with some really great people. And... Yeah, I've never had that experience since at work, you know. I feel like these things are kind of put in front of us to kind of test us or challenge us and, like, think about really what we want from the people around us and mm-hmm. our friendships, our our colleagues, like, what kind of friends we want to be present in our life. And, like, for me, there was a few things that I realised in some of my situations. Like, you know, when I reached out to this friend, I was like, you know what? Like some friendships are just supposed to only be for certain moments. And I feel like I had this, I, I've had this great desire to reach out and kind of pull that person back into my life because they had been absent for a while. And you know what? I've kind of realized like, you know what? That's fine. It, it's lived its pathway. Maybe we'll speak in the future. Maybe we'll kind of look part, back at this and be mm. like, oh yeah, we're just separate places or we didn't kind of get where each other was coming from. Yeah. And maybe we won't. And that's also totally that's fine. That's totally fine. I don't need to validate myself with just having all my relationships go forever because mm. they're not all designed to do that. And then it's like even with, you know, like turning up at like an ex's place, totally uninvited, like literally like a cray-cray person. Like I honestly, if someone did this to me, I would just be like freaking out. I would be so scared. I would lock my doors all the time after that. But anyway, good lesson in security, my friends. Um, We're always learning lessons, so that's the main thing. But it was like, you know, so then you, like, I look back at that and I go, okay, well, how did that make me grow as a person? Like, it was so embarrassing that day. How do you think it made you grow? Never do it again. Oh, well, the fact is, like, I know that you can't get closure. Like, that was a relationship that I really kind of, like, got ripped out from underneath me without much warning. And so I just constantly wanted closure and I just wasn't getting it. And it was like trying to flog a dead horse. Like, you you can only get so much. And so then I was putting myself into all these situations where it was, like, unhealthy for me. I was doing weird things that I wouldn't usually do and then felt embarrassed by the next day. Mm. And it was just ridiculous. Like, and for what? For nothing. For no closure for no like and and then you end up getting into that weird space where you think like oh my god like how like sad am I like you just feel like you're this weird sad desperate human being who's just trying hard to cling on to somebody and and do you know what like I look at where I am now and the relationship I have now and I know that my current partner 
if shit hit the fan, we end up separating or whatever happened, which obviously I hope doesn't happen. But if it was... You're not going to break into his house this time. (laughs) I know that I have to just climb up the fire escape stairs. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's why he lives in an apartment because he already knows the story. He knows about you. We're super honest with each other. He's got the police on speed dial. That's why he lives in an apartment. Um, But I know that I wouldn't do that because I know that my relationship is better because I had that experience. I told my current partner about this like early days. I was like, yeah, I've been pretty heartbroken before and I did all this crazy stuff, Mm -hmm. but I learned from it and I wouldn't do it again because I know you don't get closure that way. I also know that I wouldn't be treated like that in my current partnership because we talk about it. Even if things went wrong, I would know why we were broken up or why we weren't seeing each other. It wouldn't have just been like suddenly cut off and ghosted. So, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't think I'd ever find myself in that situation again. And even if I did, I'd be like, good riddance. I'm moving on to something better. I think a big thing I've learned is that you can't control other people, especially if they're people like we've discussed before where, you know, they're a bit of a sociopath, a bit of a narcissist because they're never, ever going to think that they're in the wrong. So, you know, you just learn you can't control people. You just have to control your reaction to it. So on that note, I feel like we should do a cheers. Yeah, we can have a toast. So you go, Maddie. I think we should have a toast to avoiding questionable people, trimming the fat and knowing when to call the police, especially if you're around. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't call the police on me. Chin, chin. Chin, chin. Thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, we love chatting, sharing some insight and toasting to another episode. Please subscribe to Chin Chin however you get your podcasts and follow us on social media to keep up to date with our adventures. You can find us at Chin Chin Chats on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you and what you're toasting to. Bye for now.